0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to the Epistle of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2. Thank you so much. What a beautiful prayer. I'd like to actually now take some time and open the Bible and look at what they just sang about and the significance of it and how interesting it is that children gather together on this, of all days, a Mother's Day to give a prayer to God, asking God to help them have a servant's heart. You know, that's really important, and you know, that's a really wonderful thing that I know all of your moms would love to see in your lives. You know, as I look at my wife and the mother she is, boy, does she have a servant's heart. And boy, even if she didn't have a servant's heart, She sure does act like a servant. All these little people demanding all through the day all kinds of different things. And you know, I don't think my wife and my little people are unique in that. I think that's pretty universal. Little people demanding things of their mommy and mommy serving and meeting their needs and sometimes demands. Of all days... Mother's Day, a day when children can sing this song, and I hope pray this prayer truly from your hearts, asking the Lord Jesus to give you a servant's heart. One way you can bless your mother, honor your mother in this day, and every day, is to have a servant's heart. You know, in some ways, you could say, well, I, I could say to you that one way you could serve her would be to serve her. One way to honor her would be to serve her. But, you know, I, I like the words of the song better. A way that you can honor her is to have a servant's heart. Because having a servant's heart is something that is foundational. It's on the inside. And you know what? It's important if you're going to serve your family, serve your mother, and more importantly, serve the Lord. You know what? All you little people, I, you know, I'm the big person so I can talk about everybody's little people, and you might not think I'm not a little person anymore, but if you're still at home and mom's mom at home, then you're still a little person. Right, moms? Oh, they're quiet. <laughs> oh, we all need a servant's heart. We need to have a heart that wants to love and wants to serve other people, and most importantly, God. You know, that's the way you can serve, you can honor your mom today and every day, is to have a heart. That is who you are on the inside who wants to be a servant like Jesus, like Jesus. Lord, give me a heart, a servant's heart, like you, dear Lord. Is that what you prayed as you sang? Give me, Lord, a servant's heart like you. This morning, I'd like for us to look at the servant's heart that jesus had now before we look at that i need to give you a little more information about who jesus is you know i know as kids start growing older you know we had them here the littler ones on the lower step and it came up and then you had the big ones here and then you get big kids like this okay and all through this time you know us kids i got a little one who i say are you my baby you're my little baby do i have a baby Tirza?" Are you my little baby? She's doing this. Should we take a survey to see how many people think you're my little baby? Yeah, no, because you'd get outvoted. I think they'd all side with me, that you're my little baby. But you know, from the littlest, littlest, we children, we want to be all grown up, don't we? From the littlest, we want to be all grown up. And sometimes that makes us, we like that because it makes us feel more important. You know, especially when you're a little, you're, you know, you're a little girl like Tirza, my little baby. Oh, I'm sorry, my little Tirza. She doesn't want to be a baby anymore. But you know, this is funny because, okay, my, when Waipua when, when comes over to our house, Waipua is Grandma Chu, she sometimes says, how are my baby's babies doing? how's my baby's babies doing? And they all think that's funny. But when I talk about them as babies, oh, no, no, we're not babies anymore. We're all grown up. But we want to be all grown up. But in our desire to be all grown up, do we also have the desire to be the big helper, the one who can help other people, and also in our desires to be all grown up? Do we get proud or do we stay humble? You see, one of the biggest things that will get in trouble of you and allowing Jesus to answer that prayer that all of you just sung of give me, Lord, a servant's heart like you is pride. And you know what's fascinating to me? Is that Jesus, the one whom you want to be a servant like, he had every reason to be proud. I mean, think about the things you have that you're proud of. Now, let me tell you about some things Jesus has done that he could be proud of. He's God. He created everything. He's the master and Lord over everything. He has power over the wind, the storms, the stars, the sun, the moon. He has power over the waves. He has power over everything. Everything. He's the creator God. And though he's so great, and you could say he had every reason to be proud, he's not. In fact, here in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 6, it tells us that Jesus, who Being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, meaning that it wouldn't have been robbery for him to claim to be God or to be equal with God because he is God. But it says in verse 7, he made himself of no reputation and took upon himself the form of a servant. The form of a servant. So you see here, Jesus, though He is all-powerful and great and almighty, He became one of us and He became a servant. Take your Bibles and turn with me back to the Gospel of John. John chapter 13. Jesus, the creator of all things, He became a man. He became a wee little baby born in Bethlehem. But he didn't stay a baby. Just like Tirzah grew up, he grew up. But he even grew up more than Tirzah. He became a man. He became a good man, a great man. But you know what he did first and foremost? He was a servant. He helped other people. And In fact, the night before Jesus was crucified, he and his disciples came together for a very special meal. Now, most of the time here, at least in Indiana, and this time of year, we don't wear sandals. But if we lived in a part of the world where we wore sandals all the time, do you think that your feet stay clean or dirty when you're wearing sandals? Clean or dirty? Dirty. Dirty. Well, in the days of Jesus and in the part of the world they were at, they wore sandals all the time and feet got dirty. Now, how many of you, when you come home, would take and put your dirty feet up on the, up on the couch or the, 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 the couch, oh, what do they call that thing, the leg rest? Some of you would, wouldn't you, just the dirty feet? Yeah, I, but you know, that's, that's dirty You wouldn't want to put your dirty feet up there, so that's why we pop off our shoes. But what if you've been wearing sandals all day? Would you do that? Well, I don't know what you would do, but I'll tell you, back in this day, it was really important that at the end of the day or when you came into your house, that your feet were washed, especially if you were in a town. I won't go into all the detail, but your feet were exposed to some pretty yucky stuff and not just dirt, just everything yucky. And so you would come into the house, and if you were a master, if you were rich, a servant would wash your feet. Uh, But you know, sometimes there weren't servants. And so, you know, families and people had to work together to wash others' feet. And on a particular, this particular night, the disciples had been out and about in Jesus, and they'd all come together now. And apparently there were no servants there that night. But you know what? As they went through the evening and they started to settle down into the couches to eat that meal, and they started to eat, they all had filthy, dirty feet. Because you know what? Nobody wanted to do that job. Nobody wanted to serve the others and wash their stinky, dirty feet. But you know, in the middle of that meal, one person got up from his place, laying, reclining there in that low c- couch table, and he went and he had a basin of water, and he took a towel, and he started going from person to person Washing their feet. Washing their feet. And going from person to person to person. And you know what? It wasn't a servant. Well, wait a minute. It was a servant. But no, wait. He was actually the guest of honor. The person who was going around cleaning everybody's stinky, dirty feet was Jesus. Jesus was washing their feet. And there's a lot of things in this, but I'd like to draw your attention just one part of a conversation that took place in this time. Look with me, John chapter 13 and verse 12. It says, So after he had washed their feet, all of his disciples' feet, Jesus had washed their feet, and had taken his garments and was set down again, gone back into his place of honor there at that couched table, he says to them, Know ye what I have done to you? Now imagine with me you're one of those disciples sitting around the table. Yeah, you do know what he's done. He's just now done what the lowest servant in a house or the lowest slave in an estate would do for the guests. He did the lowest, dirtiest servant's job. And they're all sitting here realizing that this is, this is Jesus. This is the one whom they have seen stand up and say, peace be still. And the waves and the winds, <gasps> hush. And yet this is the one who has gotten down on the floor and cleaned their stinky, dirty feet. And then he sits down and he says, Know ye what I have done to you? What have I just done? And here, if you look in your Bibles, it doesn't say what they said. You know why? I think it's because they just sat there and they're like, Yeah, but we don't want to admit it. They knew. So Jesus goes on and he tells them, verse 13, ye call me master and Lord, and ye say, well, for so I am. You see, here, the one they have been calling master, the one they've been calling Lord, was just now being a servant to them. And here, as soon as he's finished being their servant and serving them and ministering to them, he asks them, do you know what I've done? And then he identifies himself and he reminds them, you call me Lord and Master. Do you see what your Lord and Master, and rightly so, I am your Lord and Master. Do you see what I have just done? Verse 14, Jesus continued, he says, if I then... Your Lord and Master have washed your feet, ye ought to wash one another's feet. You know, Jesus set down here an example, for that's what he says in the next verse. Verse 15, for I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Jesus is telling his disciples, that even though I am your Lord and Master, I am not too great to serve each of you. And he says, follow my example. Do like I do. Serve one another. Now here it's in the context of foot washing, which is actually kind of one of those dirtiest, nobody wants to do kind of job. And if it's true, the dirtiest, nobody wants to do a kind of a job, imagine all the other jobs Think about it in your house. Do you guys have chores and things that need to be done in your house? Ah, I just thought of one. Hmm. Who likes to clean the toilet? You you like to clean the toilet because you like to have a clean toilet. You don't really like to clean the toilet. You just like a clean toilet. (laughs) Right? You know, there's all kinds of not-so-fun jobs. And there's some jobs that maybe are fun. Do we have a servant's heart like Jesus in doing the chores that we need to do? Do we have it? Especially, may I for a moment talk to all of the little people? Again, you're the little people if, if, if you still live at home with your mommy, right? You're, you're there. Do you serve your mother? Do you serve your family? Do you follow the example of Jesus. Again, I love that song that you all sang because it is a prayer asking God to give you a servant's heart like Jesus. Because maybe you can picture this there's lots of chores to be done. Who likes to do chores with a pout? You know, we can do that with a pout. Do you think that Jesus? As he went from disciple to disciple, washing their feet, grumbled and complained with each new dirty foot. No, he didn't. He did it with joy because he was doing it from a heart that wanted to serve his disciples and give them an example. He goes on in verse 16, Jesus here says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. Here he's dealing with a structure of authority. Did you know that in homes we have structures of authority too? We have authorities. Did you know this being Mother's Day, we can talk about this particularly Your mother is your authority. In a way, you might say she's greater than you. She has the authority to say, do this, and you could do it. But how much greater would it be if you saw that something needed to be done and your mom didn't even have to say to do it, and you went and did it? Jesus says here, if ye know these things, happy are ye if ye Do them. Here now, it's specifically general. If you know that you need to serve one another, Jesus is saying, happy are ye if ye do it. Can I bring it more? If you know something needs to be done and you can help to do it, to help your mom, to help your dad, to help your family, really broaden it to help anyone. Happy are ye when you know these things and you do them. You see, it's the exact opposite of having to do things because you have to do things, right? You ever done chores because you had to do them? I have, I have. You you, you do them because you have to do it? Well, how about when you see something and you know it needs to do it, you go do it with a servant's heart. You know what that's gonna be? You'll be happy in doing it, is what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, you'll be happy. Jesus continues on, and he has more conversation with his disciples. But I want to look particularly just at this part here of him setting an example for us to be servants. Can you think with me for a moment of things you know you could do in your home, in your school, Well, let's broaden this beyond just kids. In your workplace, where you can be a servant, let me give you a little secret and a heads up. This is going to be really hard to serve other people if you don't have a servant's heart. If it's not coming from the heart, the heart that wants to be a servant, The heart that desires to be a servant is going to be really hard. So let me show you some things you can do or that can be a difference for you in that servant's heart. Turn back to Philippians. You see there we saw Jesus here, the one who, though he was equal with God, made himself of no reputation and made himself a servant. In fact, if we keep reading, he became a servant so that he could become obedient unto death, even the death of the cross, so that he could take our sins upon him and die for him. But we'll come to that in a little bit. But let's turn back to Philippians chapter 2. And we were looking at verses 6 and 7. But turn back and look with me now at verse verse 1, chapter 2, verse 1. The Apostle Paul is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he asks this and gives this command. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, do you all have a relationship with Jesus? If any comfort of love, do we have God's love living in us? If any fellowship of the Spirit, do you have the Holy Spirit living in you And do you have a relationship with him so that he can help you? If any, bowels and mercies. And you might think, well, that sounds weird. Well, kind of. But you know, sometimes you get a sickening feeling in your gut when you're afraid or when you're hurting for someone else. That's kind of what this is described as. Do you have any of that? Do you have any mercy for other people? And here Paul writes, fulfill ye my joy. He says, I have a desire. There is something that you can do to make me happy, joyful, that ye be like-minded. Oh. You know sometimes what gets in the way of being having a servant's heart is fighting and bickering. Mm. But here... You want to fulfill the joy? I think in a way we could look at this and say, this is Paul writing, kind of like a dad writing, or really it's the Lord Jesus writing to us. You want to make Jesus happy? Fulfill his joy? Be like-minded. Have love, the same love, and being of one accord. It's a united purpose of one mind. Oh, you know, I tell you, you may want to have a servant's heart and a servant's heart then has lots of things to go and do, right? But if you're always fighting and struggling and, and one person wants to get the credit and the other one has this vain glory, this worthless glory of I'm better than the others or I want to do this chore and I don't want to do that chore and you do that chore, that wouldn't be of one mind, of one accord. For look here it says, let nothing be done through strife. Or vain glory, that, you know, we think of glory as being great, a great person. And vain glory means, yeah, you think you're great, but it's not really. It's the exact opposite. And look here, it says, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. The servant's heart is going to look at other people, and he's going to want to see them be lifted up, and he's going to see them as better and greater, esteemed better than themselves. Oh, my. Could you imagine those kinds of fights about not who's the greatest, but about, well, let's see. They wouldn't be fights, would they? If we perceived others as greater than ourselves, we esteem others better than ourselves. Here in verse 4, the servant's heart looks not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now, this isn't talking about, it's not talking about, I see things that my sibling has or somebody else has, and I want those things. That's not what this is talking about. When this says, look not every man on his own things, but on the things of others, it really means that you're looking to see what others have and don't have, And then you look at your own things and you say, how can I help him? How can I help her? Sometimes, let's take chores. We do chores and we look at the things of others as go, they've got an easier chore than me. That's not what this verse is talking about. Rather, this verse maybe is talking about when you see somebody else has something that's hard for them to do, you come alongside them and you help them you see it's hard for them and you see that you can help them that's a servant's heart that looks not every man on his own things but every man also on the things of others to see how you can help and then verse 5 is most important do you want a servant's heart truly a servant's like heart like jesus Dear Lord, that prayer, make me a servant like you, dear Lord? A servant like Jesus, like him? Well, look at verse five. Let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus. What that means is that you and I, we need to think like, Jesus, and what it is described as the verse continues on is that even though Jesus was great, even though Jesus is God, he was humble, and he behaved and he lived like a servant to help other people. Let that mind be in us which also was in Christ Jesus, a mind of humility. As we continue and read through this here, we find out that Jesus is the one who is lifted up, and he is great, and one day every knee will bow to him. That's quite amazing, considering the fact that the one who is the creator and the one who is God and the one who is master and Lord and the one to whom everyone will bow the knee too he's the one who was not too proud to get down on the floor and clean the stinky dirty feet of the disciples are we a humble people whether we are little people or big people are we those who have this mind in us, a mind of humility and a desire to serve other people. And so the prayer that the children sang, Make me a servant like you, dear Lord, is that for all of us, for all of us in our lives, whether we're mom or we're dad or we're a little kid or we're a big kid. Do we have this mind in us to love Jesus and to let Jesus help us? Just in looking at this here, you may think and want to be great. Well, Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, verse 43, that whoever will be great among you let him be your minister. And whoever will be the chiefest, let him be servant of all. Being great is to serve. Being great is to serve. Being the chiefest is to serve. For Jesus then continued on in Mark 10 and said, for even the son of man himself it's interesting, he calls himself son of man when he's also son of God. Son of man, came not to be ministered unto. He could have. He's the God of all creation. But rather to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. You see, Jesus became a servant, and most of all, in the greatest way, he demonstrated his servant's heart was he saw not his own things, but our things. And he saw that we all are sinners, every one of us. Every one of us deserved death and judgment. Every one of us deserved to be cast into the lake of fire. And Jesus saw our things. And he himself knew he, as one who had no sin, could do something about it for us. And so he became that minister. He became that servant, that suffering servant. He gave his life to redeem us. We all who have a debt we cannot pay, he died and shed his blood so that that debt of sin, that guilt, could be paid and washed away. This morning, if you want a true servant's heart, You begin by having your sins washed away, by believing that Jesus died for your sins, was buried, and rose again, and believing and trusting that only He can wash your sins away. And He will. When you believe on Him, trust in Him, He will wash your sins away. He has done everything required for you to be saved from the lake of fire and for your sins to be washed away and for you to receive everlasting life. So believe on him today. And then continue on with this mind in you, with this mind, Jesus' mind. And you know what? He will live inside of you. And if Jesus is living inside of you and you'll let him, he'll be the one who will minister through you. He will be the one who will help you to do what is right. He will help you to see when you can help when you can serve, and most importantly, he'll give you that heart that wants to serve so that you can serve. He'll even give you the strength to serve. And this is really true for all of us, whether we're little or big, whether you're a mom or a dad or whoever you are. For a moment, moms, (laughs) a good mom is always serving, right? Moms are always serving. And sometimes you feel burned out, overwhelmed, burdened down. In those moments, pray the same song the children prayed, that God give you a servant heart, that it be his heart. Because when he gives a servant's heart, it comes with the grace and the strength to do what he wants you to do. And that's not just true for moms, that's true for us all. Every day, as we are living, as we are serving one another, serving our families, serving in whatever way God has called us to serve in different places and situations of life, let us day by day have the mind of Jesus, of humility, and let him be the one who ministers, who serves through us, through us. It's he working in and through us, and in the end, then, it's not vainglory. You know what it is? It's glory to God. It's glory to God because He's the one who is doing the work through us. For as John 15 tells us, without Him, we can do nothing. Lord Jesus, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the truth that You've given to us. We thank You that you are our God, you are our Lord and Master. We thank you that you humbled yourself, shed your blood and died for us. We thank you today that you rose from the dead to give us life everlasting, and we thank you that you live within us. May every day we have your mind in us, and may we have your spirit fill us, and may we walk and live with a servant's heart with you in our heart, you the one allowing us to see others as you see them and you the one giving us wisdom and giving us strength to be the servant in each unique situation you have called us to do. We seek you now and we pray in your name. Amen. Joel comes and leads us. I encourage you, just before we sing, to just play through the song.